Did you know that 285% of all sales happened on the internet during COVID? Did you know that 941% of all teenagers aged 21 to 32 have never even seen a high street? And did you know that by 2023 there will be more voice product search on earth than water? Alright, well, whatever the stats, you know that e-commerce is massive and growing. So in this episode, we're going to look at six ways to get more sales. <laughs> What's up, ninjas and ninjas? Welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name my name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is an awesome digital marketing agency. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, we're talking about how to increase e-commerce sales. So we review and work on a lot of e-commerce sites here at Exposure Ninja, and we've collected six of our top tips to increase e-commerce sales if that's what you're here to do. And by the way, it doesn't really matter what you sell or whether you're B2B or B2C, because the basic principles of e-commerce apply every time that we're selling to a human being. So all of these tips are about selling to human beings, you'll be pleased to know. Obviously, there's gonna be stuff here that's gonna be more suitable or less suitable for you depending on your particular market, but I'd encourage you as always, not to think, nah, this would never work for me. Instead, think, how could I make this work for me? That's the real value add. So before we start, it's important to say there's only really three ways to increase e-commerce sales. Firstly, you can increase your conversion rate, i.e. turn more of your visitors into buyers. The second thing that you can do is you can increase the traffic to your website. Or thirdly, you can do both. Um, so obviously, you're an absolute savage. That's why you're listening to the Exposure Ninja podcast. So let's focus on option three and get some more traffic and sales. The first few tips are going to be focusing on getting more sales, i.e. increasing your conversion rate. And then the last ones are going to be all about traffic. So we're going to share some examples and I'm going to describe them to you. If you go onto our YouTube channel, you can actually see the examples and you can watch me talking through them. But I'm going to describe them to you anyway, uh, so you don't lose out too much. Let's go. Okay, so the first way to increase e-commerce sales is to focus on lead capture. Now, many e-commerce businesses don't really think about lead capture. They might have a newsletter sign up or something like that, but really most of the site is all about generating sales, not leads. Well, the opportunity is there if you sell something, for example, that has repeat purchase or your customers are particularly valuable to you, that you can have some kind of sign up in return for something tantalizing in order to get people who aren't going to buy from your site immediately, but might sign up for something in return. So for example, on the Look Fantastic site, and Look Fantastic is one of the Hut Group websites, and we've done a really deep dive into the Hut Group's digital marketing, so you can go and check that out on YouTube or on another podcast episode. But on Look Fantastic, you'll notice that they have a um, pop-up that appears on the site when you've been on the site for a few seconds that says, sign up today and enjoy 20% off your first order plus, and then it's got some bullets exclusive brand launches, early access to sales, and exclusive offers. You just put your email address in, click I'm not a robot, and then hit sign up. So as soon as you land on the site, they're basically giving up 20% of the profit on the first order. In fact, probably more of the profit. That might be all of the profit for the first order, right? 20% of the value, they're immediately giving it to you. Now, that feels very scary. Why would they possibly do that? Well, one of the reasons they might be doing that is because they sell a product which is consumable. So this means that a buyer for a look fantastic is going to buy multiple times because they're using up the product, so they're going to need 
need more of it. And Look Fantastic might be happy to break even on the first sale or even lose a bit of money on the first sale combined through the ad cost and then this 20% discount in return for getting that customer and making sure that that customer actually converts. And one of the things that you'll notice across the Hot Group sites is that they have a significant discount on the first order and then they give you a voucher code actually in the benefits bar at the top of the site. So clearly something that they're happy to do is give up profit on that first sale in order to get you signed up. Now, why would they do this? What's so important about getting you signed up? Once you sign up, they're typically gonna send you a daily email with offers. And also it means they can do things like basket abandonment uh, emails as well, because they can link the email address to the checkout when you've put stuff in your basket, but you haven't checked out. Well, then they can follow up with you because now they have your email, whereas previously they wouldn't have been able to do that or they'd have to rely on remarketing, retargeting. Obviously also, if even if your e-commerce site is really well optimized, let's say you're converting at 15%, so you're getting 15 of every 100 visitors to turn into a buyer, that still means that 85 of them aren't turning into a buyer. So maybe they come onto the site, they're not quite ready to buy, they don't see something that they like, or they get distracted. Well, if you've got some kind of lead gen piece which happens very early on on the site, that's not such an issue for you because you can follow up with them later on. And by the way, if you're converting at 15%, then you're definitely in the top few percent of e-commerce sites because most e-commerce sites are converting nowhere near that. So even if you're converting at 5%, then obviously having some form of lead capture allows you to take a whack at the other 95% that you're not getting currently. Now, one important thing to keep in mind with this is not to try and get people to sign up to a newsletter. A newsletter has very low perceived value. Sign up for our newsletter and get great deals and find out the latest stuff about our products. Nobody cares. So let's go back to the Look Fantastic offer. What do they say? They say sign up today. They don't say newsletter and enjoy 20% off your first order. So they're focusing on the thing that they're giving you, they're focusing on the thing that you're actually getting. Plus exclusive brand launches. Okay, that has perceived value to the customer. Early access to sales, again, perceived value, exclusive offers. Okay, we're basically just saying we're gonna give you money off stuff, but they're saying it in three different ways, all that have um, appeal and perceived value. So very important that you sell this to people and don't just say sign up for our newsletter and we're going to send you a voucher code or something like that. We need to lead with the offer, lead with the thing that you're actually giving them. So that's the first tip, add a form of lead capture to your e-commerce site. The second tip is to use what's called a benefits bar. Now a benefits bar is a little bar that sits at the top of the page just underneath the menu and it's site-wide, meaning it appears on every single page of the site. Now usually a benefits bar shows three or four USPs. So these are the reasons why people should buy from you rather than somebody else. So I want you to imagine a customer journey. Let's say someone clicks on a Google shopping ad and ends up on your site and they end up on a product page and you know they can buy this product from multiple different stores, lots of different places. They're having a look at your site, deciding whether or not to buy that product. If they see a benefits bar at the top that says free UK delivery over 25 pounds, get 15% off your first order, free next day delivery over 50 pounds or you know something like that, immediately that's three reasons why they should buy from you rather than somebody else. So benefits bar is a great way to just establish instantly the answer to the question, why should I buy from this site? And by having it site-wide, it means however people find your site, whether they come in through your homepage as direct traffic, whether they come in through a high-ranking product category page, whether they come in through an ad to a product page, it doesn't really matter. You still get the same chance to establish in their minds 
why they need to buy from you rather than somebody else. Now on desktop, usually the benefits bar will have three or four items and it will sit just underneath the menu. On mobile, it's a good idea to keep this to one item and just have it underneath the menu. But of course, you've got three benefits or four benefits. So how do you get through? How do you get those benefits into your customers' minds? Well, one of the things that you can do is just have them gently kind of scrolling through so not some kind of psychedelic rave thing going on where they're all blitzing through really quickly, but just gently cycling through so the customer notices that there are more benefits, it draws their eye. This isn't a case of everything louder than everything else and trying to clutter up the screen too much. These things are genuinely important and should be considered conversion boosters. They need to be compelling enough that they are conversion boosters. So what sorts of things work well? Well, things like delivery terms, things like speed of delivery or free delivery available, that type of thing. Obviously, as we've said, um, new customer offers and new customer discounts can also work well. Maybe customer service things. If you've got a customer service benefit, you'll often see sites using FIFO or Trustpilot or whatever type of third-party reviews as well as another way of building credibility nicely on your site. So all of those um, are make good benefits bar items. Obviously, the ones that you choose will depend on the particular strengths of your business. The third way to increase e-commerce sales is through a great product experience. Let's think about how people buy or how people have traditionally bought from shops. Okay, you go into a shop, you pick up an item, you have a look at it, you turn it over, you maybe try it on, you hold it up against something, you look at it with you in a mirror or whatever, you might ask someone's advice. Think about how involved this process is. Now, obviously, for some things, it's going to be more important than others. If you're just buying a pure commodity, you don't do that. You just have a look at it. You maybe see the size of it against other things and then you make a decision. With e-commerce, the tendency is there to think that the buying process is radically different. Because someone might be on their phone, it's easy to fall prey to thinking that, well, all they need to do is just see a picture of it and see a bit of a description, and then they're just gonna buy, aren't they? You know, they're gonna make the decision on their own. Well, some of them will. The ones that are most qualified, the ones who've already done their research and know it's perfect for them might, but plenty of other people won't. Plenty of other people need a bit more of an experience in order to make that decision. And the better you can make your product experience, the higher your conversion rate will be from your product pages, which is really important because that means you can drive more ads to those pages. It means those pages are more likely to uh, rank well on Google because Google's looking at metrics and user data on the site. Obviously, increasing the conversion rate of your product pages is really, really important because it means that you can do more of everything. You can invest more in ad budget towards that page because you know that that page is going to convert more of that ad so it's going to get a better return on ad spend. You know that that page is warranting more ranking. It means you can run better promotions to that page because you're more confident in the performance of that page. Now if we think about Amazon and Amazon has historically kind of taught the world how to use e-commerce, one of the things that Amazon has done particularly well is build an amazing product page experience even if they don't hold stock for the product. So if you're an Amazon seller, you'll know that it's extremely important to write a really detailed product description to show loads of images of the product and do everything that you can to make it a compelling sale. Well, on people's own e-commerce sites, when they move to their own site from selling on Amazon, they don't do any of this. They just show a couple of low-res pictures couple of lines of text and expect people to buy. It just doesn't happen. So the elements of a great Amazon product page include loads of user-generated reviews. Typically, Amazon has really high review numbers for its products. Yes, some of them might be fake, but the great thing about having lots of reviews, there's two great things actually. Firstly, it gives you massive social proof. You're not the first person to choose this product, which is a really important thing 
to get into the minds of the potential customers. The second great thing about user-generated content and reviews is that you've essentially got people describing the product in their own words, which is related keywords for SEO. That's obviously gonna help with the amount of content on that page, and it's gonna help with the different ways that people describe the product as well. So it's gonna give Google lots more ammunition and justification for ranking you. Another great thing about the Amazon product page is you tend to get a lot of description because again, Amazon kind of encourages sellers to write really detailed descriptions. And there's a lot of best practice around putting headlines in the description and making sure you're using your product keywords and all that type of stuff, which all, by the way, applies to e-commerce businesses as well. Then, of course, you've got related items. You've got information about the manufacturer. You've got ranking information. So, for example, is this a bestseller? Um, what sort of categories is it in and how does it sell in those categories? So all of this is about trying to help the customer make the best decision for them, which is great for site-wide conversion rate. So lots of these elements can be applied to your e-commerce site as well. And um, actually, there's a particularly good example that I came across recently, which is Anderton's Music. So anderton's.co.uk is a music shop. And for those who don't know, the music shop industry has gone through, well, a little bit of uh, trouble over the last 10 or 15 years with a lot of independent and smaller music shops uh, dying out. It's become so much more competitive, not just because fewer people are playing instruments, but actually because the whole e-commerce thing and now you can buy instruments on Amazon as well. So it's very, very tough place um, for them to compete. But Anderton's has done a fantastic job of making some really, really great product pages. There's a couple of things that they do which are slightly different and slightly outside the typical e-commerce approach, which I wanted to highlight. The first is that their product page, whilst it has a reasonably standard layout, it's a little bit different. They don't have a benefits bar. What they've done instead is they've put their key benefits down the side of the page just underneath the buy button so they're right around the buy button exactly where you'd kind of see it when you're potentially deciding to make that choice the next thing that they do which is really smart is they add an author to the description so i'm looking at a particular drum kit now and it says written by elliot stent and it's got his picture there well why does that matter it matters because when i see this i'm like oh this has actually been written by a person and he actually looks a bit like a typical drummer. So I immediately feel like this isn't just some kind of generic manufacturer description plugged in, right? This isn't just a copy and paste job. And actually, as you read it, it's actually honest and useful and interesting. It sounds like a salesperson explaining the product to you, which is completely different to how most e-commerce businesses treat their product description. But the best thing about these product pages is the custom, individual, unique videos that they've recorded for most of their products. So I'm looking at one here. We've got a member of staff from Anderton's and then we've got a rep from the company doing a demo of this product. They're talking about it, they're showing how it works. They're running through different things and different examples so that me as a visitor, I get a really good idea about what this drum kit can do. When you're buying a drum kit, typically you'd go and have a play in it, you'd try it out. Obviously that's not possible because no one goes to shops anymore. So having a demo and being able to see someone use it is a really good next alternative. So I'd encourage you to think about this if your business is in those lines. Um, a little while ago, we did a review of a diamond ring store that had submitted themselves on our live 
YouTube Friday teardown sessions where we get websites up and, and tear them down. And this diamond ring store sold obviously diamond rings and they came to your house and, and kind of showed you them. But in order to get someone to come around your house, you're going to need to know that the products are, you know, pretty good. You're not going to invite someone around to come and sell you in your own home unless you got confidence in the product. But the product images were pretty small, pretty lacking, and you actually couldn't see what the ring would look like on a typical hand. Well, this is a bit of a conversion blocker. This is a bit of an issue that's actually going to prevent you from being able to convert on the site. So another thing that I'd suggest when you're thinking about a great product experience is to think about what the conversion blockers would be that would actually prevent someone from being able to make a purchase at all. So for example, in the fashion space, if you're a fashion e-com, some people won't buy unless Unless they know that a particular item fits or they, they know the particular item has a certain fit. So is it slim? Is it wider? Is it what is it relaxed? Is it loose? Whatever. So a great way of showing this is to show it on different models. And you'll see on ASOS, for example, and other fashion e-com sites, what they've started to do is show different size products on different models with body types that reflect that size. So you get a much more accurate idea if you're like a normal body shape and the, you know, the size that you're looking at or the, the only picture on the site is of someone who's skinny like a rake. Well, you know, you don't really actually know how that product's going to look like on you. And the big challenge in fashion e-com obviously is return rates with apparently 40% return rate at, uh, at ASOS. So obviously, they're looking to turn this around by showing the product on different uh, models so that you can get a more accurate picture of how that item is going to look on you. So fit might be a conversion blocker. For some products, it might be size. The diamond rings are a great example. If I can't see what that ring is going to look like on a typical finger, there's just no way I'm going to buy it. That's going to be completely impossible for me. Last thing I want to do is be proposing to my girlfriend and I open the ring box and I'm like, oh, it doesn't look great, does it? Yeah, it looks a bit small, looks a bit rubbish. You want to see it on a finger, otherwise you don't know what you're buying. So that's a key conversion blocker in that space. Sometimes functionality is a conversion blocker. Unless people can see how a product works and they can see it from all different angles and they know what's inside it and how it's constructed, they're not going to be able to purchase. So there are particular products out there. The site isn't doing a good job of that and consequently people are just unable to buy or they have to go on YouTube and find out what that thing looks like inside. For example, we were doing a review on today's uh, e-commerce teardowns on YouTube and there was a a particular handbag company that we were looking at and they didn't show images of what's inside the handbag. They didn't show images of the pockets and the layout inside. Well, how are you going to convert on a bag that might cost a thousand pounds if you can't even see what's inside the bag? Like, are there any pockets? Is there a lock? Is there a zip? No idea. So they're expecting you to take a leap to take that risk. So it's really basic stuff, but just think through what are the conversion blockers and what are the things that will prevent someone from being able to buy from me at all? And then finally, obviously, the reviews on the page. Now, not every business has the luxury of Amazon's traffic and the number of purchases that happen for each product. So how do you get over the fact that you might not have very many reviews? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Firstly, run some email marketing against particular products, asking people to leave reviews for those products. The other thing to do is if you don't have enough customers for product yet, but you want to get some reviews, take the Anderton's approach, write a really honest description of what does this thing do? Who is it for? Where is it a really good idea? Where might people want to consider an alternative item? And then if you can just make a video that says, 
here it is. I'm gonna show you how it works, show you some of the features, show you some of the reasons why people choose this particular thing. So if you don't have the user generated reviews, then you're gonna to have to make up for it with your product descriptions and hopefully with a video. So those are the first three tips to increasing e-commerce sales. Now let's turn our attention to traffic. So tip number four is to get at least one profitable paid traffic source. Now, some e-commerce businesses that have been built heavily through organic social or organic search are reluctant to invest too heavily in paid traffic because understandably, they don't really see the point. If you're ranking top of Google for your key terms and you're generating huge volumes of sales, and you're thinking, well, why should I now give my money to Google to run ads when I've invested all my time in content and links and improving the ranking of these pages? The reason that you should do that is because anytime you're relying on an organic traffic source, you're at the mercy of some sort of algorithm, whether it's Google search algorithms, whether it's Instagram's visibility algorithms, whatever, you're at the mercy of algorithms and every business is changing their algorithms. So you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, next week, whatever. You need that sense of security that you can get from of having a paid traffic source which is performing well. So this means also you've got an element of control over what you're selling. If you've got particular inventory that you need to get rid of or you're coming into a new season and you need to clear out old season, the great thing about having a paid traffic source is that you can drive traffic very precisely and scientifically to the product that you want to shift. However, not all ad campaigns are created equally. In the video version of this podcast on YouTube, so you can just go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja. I show you behind the scenes of a couple Google ad campaigns that we're running for clients. And uh, the basic story is they start off incredibly unprofitable for the client, you know, very small numbers of sales and very um, high CPA cost per acquisition. And over time, things get better and better and better. So uh, the one that I'm looking at here um, started off with 38 conversions a month. So really low conversion volume and 218 pounds per conversion. This particular business actually sells quite high end products. So that may have been profitable for them. But within seven months, we'd taken the number of conversions um, from uh, 38 to 232. And the cost per conversion had about halved. Um, so that's the benefit of running product ads. And in this case, uh, running Google shopping ads and optimizing uh, and uh, continually refining the campaign rather than just putting it as set and forget. Uh, there's another example where running a text ad um, for a, uh, a client that sells a, a custom product. And uh, so it's not possible to run um, shopping ads and similar sort of story for them. So taking conversions from 214 to uh, over 550 um, over the course of seven months whilst halving their cost per acquisition. So makes a big difference, the professional management. And what I'm saying here is basically, if you think, you know, SpaceX setting up a, a reusable super rocket program that could carry a fully loaded jumbo jet as cargo sounds expensive, then try setting up a Google ad campaign and just leaving it running, right? It's one of the most costly things that you can do. It's absolutely horrific. So continuous management, always keeping an eye on it, and don't be afraid to utilize um, Google's algorithmic optimizations as well. Things like, well, you've got to test them, but things like maximizing conversions, maximizing CPA target ROAS, they all can work. So you've got to test them against manual bidding to see what works for that particular campaign. That's one of the things that we've noticed running so many Google ad campaigns is you can't always go in and take exactly the same approach. Every campaign can perform slightly differently with even the same setup. So it's all about making sure that 
you've tested the particular approach for that campaign and you've worked out which is the best approach, whether it's an algorithmic approach or a manual approach or a combination, which is usually uh, where we find optimal. Tip number five, although we've just talked about PPC and the importance of paid traffic, is getting good visibility on Google organically. For many e-commerce store owners, if you could give them any traffic at all, the traffic that they would choose is people who are searching for exactly what it is that they sell. There is no more qualified buyer. And across all of the campaigns that we've ever run, organic traffic is consistently one of the highest performing traffic sources because the quality typically is so high. Now, as an e-commerce business, you've got two ways to get visibility for organic search. The first is through your product and category pages. These are gonna be your commercial searches. So if you sell red shoes, then this is gonna be the red shoes category page, getting some visibility for people searching for red shoes. The great thing about ranking these pages is they're gonna show up for stuff that has commercial intent, i.e. people wanna buy. But you've also got content pages. So these are things like blogs and knowledge bases. And this is where people at the top of the funnel who are in the curiosity or research phase are starting to dig around. They're starting to do some research about the sort of product that they might want to buy. So these are great people. They might not always have the, as high a conversion rate as the commercial searches, but there's far more of them. So great people to get on your site. Like I say, it's not usually going to be your product or category pages that are going to rank for these types of searches. It's usually your content, your information pages, like in a blog, in a news section, in a knowledge base. In the video, I show an example of one site that we've been working on uh, with SEO for the last five years and organic traffic has helped them sell 35 million pound worth of product from a completely standing start. So that's why we know this stuff can work because the power of organic traffic when it's when you've got a site that's ranking really well on Google is unlike anything else because the traffic is so qualified and there is so much of it. Now, the final tip in our list today is to work with influencers. Obviously, this is more tuned to B2C than it is our B2B e-com sites. But having said that, there are B2B influencers out there. So if you're B2B, don't immediately assume this doesn't apply to you. Now, the ultimate example of influencer marketing, of course, is Gymshark. And we've done an extensive deep dive into Gymshark's digital marketing, which you can check out on YouTube or check out in a previous podcast episode. To say that influencer marketing has been central to Gymshark is like saying that snow is central to skiing, right? Gymshark has been built around influencer marketing. The great things that Gymshark does is by giving their influencers such a platform to build from, they're able to attract people and keep them as influencers and advocates over a long period of time because there's a kind of reciprocal relationship now that Gymshark is so big actually it helps the influencer to be associated as much as it helps Gymshark to be associated with that influencer's audience. If you notice when you analyze things like the Gymshark YouTube page you find that all of their most popular videos feature influencers their Instagram is almost entirely influencers because here's the thing people build relationships with people and whilst people might love your brand they'll resonate much more with a person, a figurehead. So whether that's a figurehead inside your company or whether it's an influencer who you can make the face of your company or a number of influencers who can act as the face of your company. Great way of building a much deeper connection with people, particularly on social. It's very difficult, we've noticed, for brands to get really strong traction on social unless there are people involved and influencers give you an opportunity to get that personal element in. So consider working with influencers. We've got more videos and more content about influencer marketing if you wanna get stuck in in more detail there. So those are the six tips that we've run through today. So we looked firstly at lead capture, then we looked at 
adding a benefits bar to your site. Then we talked in detail about giving a great product description. Then we turned our attention to traffic and looked at paid traffic, organic rankings, and then finally influencer marketing as well. If you want some help growing your e-commerce store, then don't forget we offer a free marketing review service at Exposure Ninja. Now, if you've had a free review for your website before, you'll know it's probably pretty rubbish. The Exposure Ninja review is completely different. Go to ExposureNinja.com, filling a short questionnaire about your business and about your goals, and one of our team will record you a 15-minute video where we show you on the screen in front of you how to improve the conversion rate of your site and how to drive more traffic to it through things like what we've discussed today, PPC, Google Ads, organic search, um, Insta, Facebook, whatever, right? Whatever traffic channel is most suitable for you across SEO, content marketing, paid and social, those are the things that we'll recommend. We'll also dig into your competitors as well, see what they're doing to drive their traffic. We'll put all of this together into a prioritized action plan that you can follow over the next six to 12 months to hit the goals that you've told us you've set. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free marketing review today. It's awesome. It's literally the best thing that you will do. Getting your marketing review is going to be one of the top three days of your life, along with the, you know, the ordinary kind of generic stuff like having babies and getting married and stuff like that. But it's going to be amazing, right? Really, really good stuff. Uh, and I'm not just saying that if you go onto Google or Facebook, you'll see this review has hundreds of reviews from people. So go and do that. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We're absolutely ravenous for reviews on the podcast. Uh, so whatever platform you listen on, please do leave us a review. And until next week, see you soon.